Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Santa H., and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater for today. Today is Monday, May 16th, 2016. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are, re- we are on page 62, the last paragraph, beginning with, this is the how and why of it. Today's readers are The Twelve Steps, Terry F.S., The Twelve Traditions, Nancy J., and reading the traditions today, reading the, reading the literature today are Terry H., Carrie P., and Judy F. The Share ID for Sunday, May 15th, our special edition reading by Irene N. from New York, titled Let's Get connected is eight seven three nine eight seven three nine. Oh, preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither accepting, neither soliciting, nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA Fifth Tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence, and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Terry F. S. to please read the 12 steps. Good morning, Santa. This is Terry F. S., Recovering Compulsive Overeater from New Hampshire. Number one, we admitted that we are powerless over food that our lives have become unmanageable. Number two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Number three, we made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. 
continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I pass. Thank you. And thank you, Terry F.S. I will now ask Nancy J. to please read the 12 traditions. Thank you. Good morning, Sansa. Good morning, fellow visionaries. This is Nancy J., grateful, compulsive, recovered compulsive overeater from Philadelphia. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Our common want, number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contribution. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never to be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media or commu- of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, traditions ever, remi- ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. And thank you, Nancy J. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose remind us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. 
We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 64, the last paragraph beginning with, this is the how and why of it. We'll be reading through two paragraphs ending. We begin to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, and the hereafter. We were reborn. The first paragraph is for content, and comments will be focused on the second paragraph read. I will now ask Terry H. to begin reading, please. Good morning. Good morning, Santa. Good morning, everyone. My name is Terry H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maine. This is the how and why of it. First of all, we had to quit playing God. It didn't work. Next, we decided that hereafter in the drama of life, God was going to be our director. He is the principal. We are his agents. He is the father, and we are his children. Most good ideas are simple, and this concept was the keystone of a new and triumphant arch through which we passed to freedom. When we sincerely took such a position, all sorts of remarkable things followed. We had a new employer. Being all-powerful, he provided what we needed if we kept close to him and performed, performed his work well. Established on such footing, we became less and less interested in ourselves, our little plans and designs. More and more, we became interested in seeing what we could contribute to life as we felt new power flow in, as we enjoyed peace of mind, and as we discovered we could face life successfully. As we became conscious of his presence, we began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, or the hereafter. We were reborn. And I'm so grateful that we're at this um, at this paragraph. Um, this paragraph is packed, and it's full of promises, and the promises are a result of making the decision um, that I can no longer run my life. And, and what is the position? The position is that I take, um, I take one that is, you know, a God-centered, God-centered position um, now rather than a self-centered position. And um, I like to just kind of break it down, um, you know, what it means to me. So, um, you know, all sorts of remarkable things followed. So, you know, I get to go from the hopeless state of mind and body to recovered today um, as a result of working the steps. We had a new employer who was this God, and I had to ask myself, you know, before I got to this position, am I ready to make the decision that hereafter God will direct my life from this point forward? And, um, you know, am I ready to make the decision that hereafter I will represent what God would have me be um, from this point forward? And am I ready to make the decision that hereafter I will trust God will will provide what I need? And it says right here, he'll provide what I need. And it was pointed out to me, it doesn't say he'll provide what I want, but he'll provide what I need. If, so there's a condition, if we kept close to him, which is step 11, and performed his work well, which is step 12, because I get to, you know, be a worker bee among worker bees, and established on such footing, we became less and less interested in ourselves. So it's like the dimmer, the dimmer switch that that you turn on the the switch to the light, and the the dimmer gets brighter and brighter. So here we go, you know, established on such footing, we became less and less interested in ourselves. Click. So there, you know, I get to move from, 
you know, thinking about me, me, me to um, other-centered and our lives and plans and designs. So I get to live in a new direction with God's will. Um, more and more we became interested in seeing what we could contribute to life. So, you know, I get to see what I can bring today instead of what I can get. And, you know, as new new uh, power flow, flow in, um, which is, you know, the beginning of step two, because I, I came to believe that, I need this power guarding myself to uh, change my life. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm here at step three to make that decision to follow through with that belief. And as we enjoy peace of mind, so now I get to go from the monkey chatter to, you know, some peace of mind and um, no more of my own thinking and no more of doing it my way. We discovered we could face life successfully and we became conscious of its presence. So, I get to uh, I get to live in in God's presence on a daily basis and and try to align my will with with God's on on a daily basis. We begin to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, and the hereafter. We're reborn, and that's um, for me. You know, I get to have a purpose today um, of a other thinking of others, and um, that reborn is the personality change of my mind. Um, I'm no longer in charge, and it's the transformation of of working the twelve steps and. I'm so grateful that, um, you know, I've been brought to the third step decision by being convinced of the ABCs that, you know, I am a compulsive overeater. You know, I can't manage my own life. Um, you know, um, there's a power greater than myself that, that wants me to live in a different way and, you know, that see that God couldn't want if you were saw it. Um, so I'm grateful to be convinced of the A, B, and Cs because with that, with that um, being convinced, I get to... Um, be put in a new position to um, do it a different way. So thanks for letting me share, and I'll pass. Santa, we don't hear you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you again, Terry H. I was talking away here. I would like to comment for approximately three minutes on what was read. Tina Melissa C. This is Larry. Her Tina S. Melissa. Vasa O. Vasa. Kim. Anyone else? Sharon H. Oh, wow. Thank you all for going so slow. Okay, this is who I have. I have Tina S., Melissa C., Larry K., Vasa O., Kim G., and Sharon H. Did I miss anyone? All right. Good morning, Tina S. Thanks, Santa. Uh, Tina S., compulsive year, anorexic in Florida, and, uh, well, you know, what, what a great pa- couple paragraphs here, and uh, grateful to be on the line, and thanks for your service. Uh, you know, it, it says, uh, initially it says, uh, when we sincerely took such a position, you know, all sorts of remarkable, you know, stunning, striking things followed. You know, and today, and I love what it says here, we had a new employer. You know, I can remember early on, I was complaining to a sponsor about my job and the boss, and, and you know, she was like, Tina, Tina, hold up, hold up, you know. We have a new employer today, and it just transformed the way I thought. You know, this boss was not my employer. You know, I was here for a purpose. 
you know, to carry the message to God and to those about me. So it just changed. When I remember that, let's put it that way. When I remember that, it changes my complete um, at my complete thoughts and actions and everything. And, and it's just, it's a, it's a wonderful thing. You know, I was no longer in management, you know. <laughs> you know, I had uh, run the show on that. You know, it didn't work for me. So, you know, I had a new manage, manager today. You know, and, it, and I love it. It was also just shared. You know, it says that, you know, he provided what we needed. And I also was told that it's not necessarily what I want, you know. And then I get an opportunity to, you know, to be less selfish and self-centered. And, and that's not what I came here for. You know, I didn't even realize that's what I was. But I, I found that out. I learned that, you know. And, and slowly but surely, I wanted to be more other-centered. That did not happen overnight for me. I'm just being honest. You know, today, it's progress, not perfection. You know, I've been here quite a while. But I still, you know, first thing I think about when I get up is me, you know. And so, you know, I have to do the, do the deal in the morning so that I'm able to be thinking about someone other than myself, you know. And then, you know, and with God's power today, you know, I have an opportunity to face life on life's terms. You know, I could be less fearful, you know, and it talks about that on page 67. I think, you know, I start to trust and rely on God rather than, you know, trust and rely on Tina. So, you know, I got a seat in a few uh, fellowships doing that deal. So, um, you know, I'm grateful today and, you know, and, uh, you know, I today have an opportunity one day at a time. You know, if I uh, get up and suit up and show up to to do this deal, and then with that, I pass. Thanks. And thank you, Tina M. And good morning, Melissa C. Hi. Good morning, Sansa. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C. Recovered compulsive overeater in New York, and um, you know what strikes me this morning is, um, yeah, if I stay close to him and I perform, his works well. You know, it's um, it's an employer. You know, God is now my employer. Um, he's not my genie. And so, you know, it's always, I'm always the one. I do have to do action. I have to work. You know, if, if he's the employer and I'm the employee, the, and the employee's got to do some work. I'm not, I'm not there just to read you know, rewards without putting anything in. And, and that's, um, you know, I guess that's what I was at one time hoping for. All right, God, you know, here it is. You know, my hands are up, and now take it, you know. But um, that's not how this program works. It is a program of action. And, um, you know, I went on an incredible retreat this weekend, and and that was the thing that really um, came alive for me, that, you know, yes, I'm in this beautiful recovered state and I want to hold on to it more than anything. And in order to do that, I have to act. I cannot, you know, ever rest. Um, And I have to perform his works well, not my works well. You know, the beautiful thing is that um, as I perform God's work, you know, yes, reaching out to other people, carrying the message, it becomes what I want to do. You know, it's it's like, um, who would have thought I came here for a diet and um, and I'm now interested in the rest of the world. And when I feel that way, the food just doesn't speak to me the same way. I'm able to live in freedom. I can have all the promises you know, that that we're being told here. And that's the rebirth for me. You know, I came here completely self-absorbed, 
all about me. I need to lose weight. I can control my weight. Everybody around me stinks. Um, and now it's like I've been turned inside out. And it's like, what can I do for others? How can I be loving? You know, I, I re-entered my home after being away, and instead of noticing everything that was out of place, um, I noticed the people I loved that were waiting there for me. And, um, you know, and that is only because of this program. Thank you for that all pass. And thank you, Melissa C. Good morning, Larry Kay. Larry, if you're speaking, we don't hear you. Thank you, Santa. Thank you. So sorry. Um, Larry K. Recovered Compostable Reader from Chicago. Um, you know, what I take away in this paragraph, you know, the word if is a, is a very important word in this paragraph for me. You know, we, 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 we study this stuff. Um, this is an intense study of the big book, um, detailed study. So that word there, if, if is a, it's a conditional clause. It, it's, a, it's a suppositional statement. In other words, this happens, whatever it is, on the condition that I meet a certain requirement. So, you know, presuming that I perform this work well, you know, my creator provides what I need. You know, so moving from that self-centered consciousness to a God-centered consciousness. And, you know, until I, I met these conditions or I began to meet these conditions, I don't know about you, but I, I didn't have any idea just how self-serving I was. Um, I, I really did not have a good grasp of, of, of what that was. I would have given you um, evidence uh, to the contrary of just what a wonderful guy I was, you know, and look at all the things that I do. So, um, but again, you know, it says more and more we become interested in seeing what we you know, what we contribute to life um, more and more. So as time goes on, I see that in my own life with this program. That's the beauty of the program. See, the spiritual awakening unfolds, um, at least it's been my experience, it gets better and better. It's not that the storm doesn't, doesn't come. The storm comes. But I'm saying that the unfolding of this spiritual awakening, by turning over my will and my life to the care of the God of my understanding, and thus then moving on through the rest of this process, which was a humbling, humbling, beautiful experience. But it was a little bit like math homework at the time, <laughs> the first time I went through it. I'm talking, you know, when we, when we move on beyond here, you know, the first three steps are, you know, we sort of contemplation steps in a certain sense, um, acknowledgments. But then when we move on to the actions, turning my will and my life over, we move on to the actions, and then we have, we begin to meet these conditions then our life begins to change. The food of, putting the food down and the neutrality around the food is the least of it for me today. Yet there's someone on the line here where they, they can't even conceive of that as I couldn't. It seems that's the biggest barrier to being able to be alive again. I'll tell you from my experience, it's not. It's not over time. Um, what happens is, is you do move from that self-centered existence to a God-centered existence and you, and you have an awareness of it. It's a real beautiful process. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. And thank you, Larry Kay. Good morning, Vasa. Oh. Good morning, Santa H. 
And good morning, everyone. And I am grateful, recovered, compulsive reader calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And I did not know what I was really getting into when, when I came into my first meeting into Overeaters Anonymous. And my biggest problem at that time was the food. And today, the least, I don't even think about it. You know, it's just, I live to to survive. It's, I don't live to eat today. I just leave, I eat just to, it's like a fuel for my body today. But anyways, once I made, again, I needed to take step one, two, and three. I couldn't, to me, the first three steps are foundation, like it's a foundation of the house, you know, and if the foundation is not strong, it's not going to keep the rest of the house built. It's going to be built like on sand. But anyways, uh, one of the hardest things was for me to surrender to, you know, to God, my higher power. Uh, I was so afraid in those years. I was just so terrified because I had a lot of trust issues in my life, but I was so desperate and I was just so willing. I remember saying, you know, it's better to surrender than I'm leaving. I'm going to die anyway, so I might have a little chance here, you know. And I was so ready and so willing to do whatever I was suggested to do. And that that was the key for me. That was the key. And, um, you know, and I did that, that, that. The first promise for me was in those years, I did become abstinent. And then I kept on learning. You know, I just came for the food. If I lost the weight, I was just going to go home. But I kept on coming to the meetings and I kept on listening and working through the steps, hearing how other people work the steps. And I, you know, I kept on hearing, you know, if you don't work the rest of the steps, you're going to go back into the food addiction. And I thank God I, I was abstinent, I become abstinent, and I work the steps the way they laid out. And I don't do them perfectly, you know, but it's process, it's progress. Um, and, you know, God is my manager, my, you know, my manager and, um, I am his employee. I'm I'm his um uh, uh I'm oh my goodness, I get stumbled with the words. Uh, I work for God today. He's uh, uh he, I'm the employer, he's the manager and he is my director and I just ask God every morning gradually this is, has been a very gradual process for me, you know. And every morning I just Get on my knees. I, that's the way I do it. And I pray to God. I say, what is your will for me to do today? How I can be useful for others that are sufferers, not with just the food, you know. And, you know, I suffered with resentments, anger. You know, just, you know, to help people how yeah, right. I work this program through the 12 steps and just to show them the way, the way was shown to me. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa O. Good morning, Kim G. Good morning, Santa. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. You know, when I first went through this, this steps, I was this was pointed out to me. Look at these wonderful third step promises. But I have to tell you, I don't believe they're third step promises anymore because I did steps one, two, three as a waltz many, many times in a way, and these promises never came true. So what I believe now is that these are the promises of the 12 steps. So at this point, we're going to make a decision to do the rest of the steps. I'm not going to get these unless I complete all 12 steps. 
because I cannot turn my will and my life over at step three. I don't know how to do that. If I could do that, then we would have a three-step program, not a 12-step program. So what I'm, what I'm committing to, what I'm making a decision about is these pages of 60 to 62, that this is how my life is when, I'm, when I am run by self. So I'm going to make a decision. The decision is not the third step prayer. I love the way Terry pointed out. The decision is actually on page step two, on 62, where we decided in the hereafter and the drama of life that God was going to be our director. So we're, going to, we're now going to make a decision to turn away from self-centeredness to other-centeredness, self-centeredness to a power greater than ourselves. That's the decision we're making. And if we follow through with that decision, then we're going to get these promises. Because I know for myself, I actually, for five years, I made a decision to go to graduate school. Let me tell you, I never went to graduate school. It wasn't until I made the decision and actually called schools to see what courses they offered. Then I found that I had to take the GREs. So I had to study for that and sign up for that. Then I had to apply to the colleges. And then I, then I started classes. And I wasn't like I just started graduate school and they gave me the degree. I had to each semester sign up for classes and each semester study for those classes and pass those classes. And a graduate degree is 60 degrees, 60 credits. I, couldn't, I didn't have the option to just, just do 60 credits and they would give me a degree. I had requirements. And if I didn't fulfill those requirements, I could take 100 credits and they're still not going to give me the degree. So they're giving me this idea. This is the carrot in front of it. I wanted that graduate degree because it would help me in my career. Do I want this recovery program? And what has convinced me I want this recovery program? Do I want to live in pages 60 to 62? No. I want a different way of life. So when it says here, we begin to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, and the hereafter, what did I learn in pages 60 to 62? It's all about getting my way. And when I don't get my way in the past, it's resentment. When I don't get my way in the present, it's depression and anger. And what I don't get the way, my way in the future, it's fear. And that's just a sneak peek, because what is our inventory process going to deal with in step four? Resentment, fear, and sex conduct. What an amazing program. And with that, I pass. And thank you, Kim G. Good morning, Sharon H. Thank you, Santa. Can you hear me okay? Perfectly. All right, thank you. Good morning, everyone. This is Sharon H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater by God's Grace in Colorado. And um, I, too, am just so grateful to see the difference in my life today regarding this um, food addiction because I had experienced this grace in another program and never understood what was happening that I didn't get it here. And these first pages that bring us up to page 62 uh, show me the facts, show me the facts of what my life had become without me even understanding it to the core of my being because I had not accepted to the core of my being that I did have a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body when it came to the food. And so I did live in these uh, self-delusion, self-seeking, self-pity, on and on and went. And... Um, and I needed to have God's help, but first I had to be convinced that this was the reality for me. And then um, I began and made this decision, and it was the beginning, just like it said here, of being brought back to life when it came to 
really believing that I could experience freedom from this bondage of food addiction on a daily basis. And I began to follow this book just like it was laid out, line by line, paragraph by paragraph, by all these people that have provide service every day on the line. And so I'm so grateful to each and every one of them. But I'm so grateful to God that he has shown me what was missing. And that was I did not believe the seriousness of this addiction like I did the other one. And so for all of you out on the line, if you're like me and have struggled for many years and could get abstinent but couldn't stay abstinent, I just want to encourage you to keep listening and then follow this book and follow the directions. And what a difference it makes. I never thought I would experience freedom from the bondage of food addiction. And I do today because I went through steps four through nine, had to set aside everything I thought I knew because I sure thought I knew a lot about everything and I found out I know very little. (laughs) And also then how to live in steps 10 and 11, 12, that daily reprieve that we receive when we live this program as a way of life one day at a time in steps 10, 11, and 12. And what a gift it is. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Santa. And thank you, Sharon H. And if you're just joining us, uh, we're on page 63. We're sharing on the first paragraph um, there. And who else has to comment for approximately 40 minutes on what was read? Renata. Leah M. Monica. I heard Renata. And I see a caller. Nessa R. Ness. You see Raquel. Raquel. Leah M. Leia Monica. Monica. That's who I heard. Monica. Lynette. Did you get Carol, Santa? Ah, I got you now, Carol. <laughs> okay, this is who I have. I have Renata G. Monica C. Leia M. Nessa R. Raquel. Lynette. Carol G. Did I miss anyone? Okay. Good morning, Renata, Renata G. Good morning, Santa. Thank you so much for your service. Good morning, family. This is Renata G., Recovered Compulsive Read in New York. Um, Being all-powerful, he provided what I needed if I kept close to him. You know, and for me, that's what this step work does. You know, before program, I used to pray a lot and ask God for a lot of things, and uh, I could never really feel close to God. I've never, you know, I could never really feel power, you know, the power of God. And, um, you know, it says he provided what I needed. And when I came to the program, I thought I needed, you know, the right food plan, like the right diet. And uh, that's not at all what I needed. You know, what I needed was a uh, a new way to live my life because the way I've been living it was not working. You know, uh, it was just bringing me misery, misery that, you know, was growing by the day. And, um, you know, this step three, right? I mean, it was, for me at least, it was so scary to think of going through with the rest of the steps you know, but I had to carry that belief that I had in step two, right? That there is a power out there that will be able to help me. 
because on my own or whatever I've tried didn't work. And so, you know, I had to follow the directions. You know, um, my way of dealing with life was to numb out in the food whenever I felt anything. You know, today, even being recovered, you know, I still face fears and resentments and things like that. And, um, you know, uh, there's some major change about to happen in my life. And uh, I feel God is guiding me. And, but, you know, it's scary. And I had a complete meltdown on Saturday night. And in the past, you know, my way of solving it would have been to, you know, go straight to the food and not feel anything and just give up, you know, just give up. I can't do it. That's it. And, uh, you know, God directed me to call someone in program and I was able to really be vulnerable and show what was going on, right? At step 10. And, you know, all I felt from that person was, you know, understanding love and, a desire to be helpful, um, you know, no judgment or anything like that. And that's what I used to seek in the food, you know, because I was never able to have relationships like this. And so I had to go to the food because I thought the food was going to solve my problem. Food was going to be my, my solution, you know, give me ease and comfort. And now, you know, when I work this step, Thank you, Santa. Sorry, I got carried away. When I work this step, you know, I'm brought back into alignment with my higher power's will, and I feel peace and serenity. Uh, with that, I pass. Thanks. And thank you, Renata G. Good morning, Monica C. Good morning, Santa. Good morning, everyone. My name is <clears throat> Monica T., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Florida. When we sincerely took such a position, what are they talking about here in the big book? And we, you know, the paragraph before, they're talking about all these different types of relationships. And there's five, I was pointed out to me, there was five different relationships here that were being talked about. The director, uh, so there would be director, actor, the principal, agent, father, children, uh, employer, employee, and then in the next one we're going to see maker and the makey. And it was suggested that I pick a relationship. And it was so interesting to me that a whole bunch of people were saying director, director and actor. And I just thought that was crazy. I don't want to be told what to do, when to do it, how to do it. Well, you know what? I wasn't there. So when I did this little work, I picked father. And I was told, pick the relationship that works for you, that you need right now in your time of life. And it can be, you can make up your own um, uh, relationship too. Um, I've had, you know, I've heard people say the gardener, you know. And anyway, so I picked father because I needed a loving God, a caring God, a supporting God. I, you know, this is what I needed at the time when I started doing this. And, and when we took such position. So what did I do when I decided to have this relationship? I had a beginning here of a relationship with a higher power. Because before that, the book is making it real clear to me. Monica, there is a higher power, and it's not you, and that's all you need to know right now. 
So I said, okay, so I will come up with this relationship that I need, that I feel comfortable with. And then it just, you know, it's my own. And I also came up with a, with a name for this higher power, you know, my own name. And that just helped it to sort of flow gently, easily into this decision I'm about to make in step three that I'm going to continue on with this work, you know. And one day later on, a while later after I'd gone through the work, all of a sudden one day I realized my relationship had changed. I was now ready to have a director-actor relationship. I was willing to be, um, you know, guided and um, on what I needed to do to take part in this daily living life thing. What an amazing thing. I was just so amazing to have that happen. So... Um, you know, and then it goes on, if we keep close to him and perform his work well, you know, what is this? You know, if we keep close to him, prayer and meditation, step 11, and do his work 12. You know, I'm given this new relationship, and I have to keep working at it every day. And with that, I pass. And thank you, Monica T. And good morning, Leah M. Good morning. Thank you so much, Santa uh, I, too, wanted to focus in a little bit on that statement when we sincerely took a position, all sorts of remarkable things followed. You know, and, of course, the reflecting on the previous paragraph and all those relationships, you know, whether it's the director to the actor, the principal to the agent, the father to the child, the employer to the employee, um, I'm putting myself in a subordinate position meaning I am being governed by a higher authority. In each of those situations, doctor, act, I mean, director, actor, principal, agent, father, child, etc., it's subordinate. And so, you know, that helped me visually to understand there's going to be something governing me, directing me, dominating me, and um, that this is you know, a position that I'm going to proceed through the step work with. Um, because as the book has taught me, you know, I was the architect of my own misery. Everything was revolving and I only had a vision of, you know, things from my own perspective. Only my perspective counted. Only my thoughts were correct. Only my emotions were justified. Only my hurts were legitimate hurts. Only my innocent actions should be interpreted as innocent actions. So, you know, the big book is taking me um, through action steps where I'm being told essentially what to do. And that was a new position for me. And as a result of going through the steps, I was going to have these uh, promises come through in my life as a result of these steps. I like to look at this paragraph as vision statement, a vision statement. Remember, this paragraph is written in hindsight. Step three is, is a decision to go about a process of correcting my will. Step three is the decision to work the steps four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine, and of course then to continue to live 10, 11, and 12. Because my actions are the result of my thought processes. My mind was my greatest obstacle to a better life. So what if the program of recovery can 
rearrange my mind through the implementation of these steps, right? Steps one, two, and three put me right with God. Steps four, five, six, and seven put me in a right position with myself, my mind. And step eight and nine put me in a right position with my fellow man so that as a result of that work, I could be restored to sanity, have soundness of mind, be relieved of the obsession to use, be free from the beast of this addiction, no longer have that voice, you know, whispering in my ear. And this wasn't about glorification of self. This was about getting out of my own way so that I could be of maximum service to God and to my fellows. And with that, I pass. Thank you. And thank you, Leah M. Good morning, Nessa R. Hi, good morning, Vision for You. My name is Nessa R. And I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, it was my sponsor who woke me up to the fact that my big lofty goals for my family were nothing but little plans and designs. And they were lofty indeed. My my what I wanted for my family was you know, work and success in school and of course did want those goals really that I was that I had my heart set on were spiritual in nature. And, you know, in my mind, it was like, how can God not want this? How can this not be God's will? And I thought that my will was so aligned with his will, except for the fact that I was blind to, 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 uh, to um, get in line with my program. You know, I was, I was forcing my way, pushing my way like a bulldozer in my husband and my kids' lives. And, of course, they were retaliating. And my life was just so totally unmanageable. You know, not only I wasn't getting what I wanted, I was getting the opposite of what I wanted. And it wasn't until I let go of my dream that my recovery could begin. And, you know, um, everything changed. Everything really changed once I let go, and I decided, okay, you know, for whatever reason, um, as, as baffled as I was, this is not God's will. And I got everything I needed. God provided everything I needed, not everything that I wanted. Um, and what I needed were challenges, uh, and God did throw uh, challenges my way. Um, and yet everything changed, not because things around me changed. In fact, some of my fears actually came true. But what changed was me. And in the face of those challenges, in the face of those fears materializing, I um, was able to maneuver with peace of mind, with serenity that I never had before when I was pursuing my little plans and designs. You know, and more importantly, or perhaps as importantly, I wasn't eating over it. You know, and today... I live happy, joyful, and free, even though I don't have what I want. In some instances, I have the opposite of what I want. But I live a, a, a contented, useful life, knowing that this is God's will for me and my family, and that I just have to go along with his plans without struggling, without resisting, you know, doing, doing his work as best as I can, and everything will work out just fine. And I'm so well grounded in, the, in this knowledge and in this belief that I just, I just have complete serenity. And I, I cannot even describe it. There's no words to describe what I feel today. 
um, it is just such an amazing way to to live. And uh, with that, um, with that, I pass. Thank you. And thank you, Nessa R. And good morning, Raquel. Hi, hi, Santa. This is Raquel. Can you hear me? Perfectly. Very good. Very good. Hi to all my family, my sweet community there. That this beautiful paragraph. I, 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 I'm kind of the slow. My mind goes slowly. I'm still swooning from yesterday's beautiful sharing with Irene, and it helped me so much. But here, you know, it's like to make that real surrender. This is what it's speaking about. To make that real surrender and really allow God to take over. And so hard for me. But this is what is this is the prerequisite in order to enroll in this course. Somebody has described it so well before. Everything shared is so good. To really make that surrender, I um, I have this little piece. I don't have it in English only in Hebrew about that. There is this one place where you finally put everything down on the floor that your hands held, and you really the gate open up. That moment that you really let go. Let go of running the show. The gate open up, and then if the if the surrender is not sincere, like you say sincerely, and you are running back to take to skip the border with some of the old stuff on your hand, the gate closed again. And I experienced it yesterday. And even when the motives are good, when that self will run riot, is starting to. To, um, uh, to to um, show itself, I I wanted to do something so good for someone else, and I, I I walked such a long distance to go and ask someone to help me with it, uh, because I was I was afraid I wasn't able to do it the day that it had to be done, and this person it wasn't part of her plan to do it to to help this third friend at the same time, and I was disappointed. When I came down, I know that there was in my heart some judgment and some anger, and I wanted to carry this thing through. And what happened? I stumbled and I fell. And I, I already said that I was went through an operation, and I hit myself. Thank goodness, nothing broke. But it was almost like the voice from heaven. You know, you're doing this on your own, or you want me to help you with it. Well, so it hurts a little bit. Nothing serious happened. But today, everything was carried through so beautifully because, because you really helped me yesterday so much. The way she described that connectedness. And I lived with it from yesterday until today. And now that I took this person to have a root canal done that she cannot afford to do and doesn't know where to go because she's not from this country. And God made it possible for me because I let go. And it's the program and the session of yesterday that helped me completely turn around. And I guess I have to do it many times until it will really hold and catch and that it will become the natural way of thinking. You know, we're looking for this. We were reborn. And boy, do I need it. Thank you all for being there for me. I love you all. And have a wonderful day, wonderful afternoon, recovering day when I pass. And thank you, Raquel from Israel. 
And good morning to you, Lynn S. Good morning. This is Lynn S., a recovering compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. I'm just remembering this feeling of being reborn, and I know in the context of what we're reading, and I and I understand it's talking about after you've worked the program, but I also remember my own experience, and I see the hope in this paragraph. And I remember coming, I remember that moment early, early on in program, there was so much hope, and I had experienced what I believed to be a spiritual awakening at that point in time, and the hope and the feeling of being reborn was absolutely incredible. I can remember... You know, like, oh my gosh, the sun is shining and the grass is green and I have, a, I have a whole new wonderful life ahead of me. And it was just, it was just miraculous. And that the, the one phrase that we read just a couple of weeks ago, the miracle of healing, that just keeps resonating in my mind. And the miracle of healing that's available to us as we move forward from here and work the steps is amazing. But but I also know that I experienced a miracle of healing early on. And that whole sense of hope and a new life was possible to me. I didn't know how that was going to happen, but I knew it was going to happen by working the steps. Like, this was my rebirth. I had a, I had a <laughs> guide to life is what I was going to say now, but... But there was hope. There was a way out for me. And this was a whole new path. And I had it. And there were people around me. Even though I did come in in 1989, there were some abstinent, recovered people. And they were showing me how to live this new life. And I just, I'm just reflecting on that. And, and a lot of, that happens a lot to me when we're in, in studying the big book and the reflections of my own personal experience. And what a miracle this program is. And I'm just ever so grateful that I'm sitting here now, abstinent, remembering this sense of hope, knowing as I continue to work the steps, there's a whole new life out there available for me, and I'm experiencing it now, and with that, I'll pass. And thank you, Lynn S. And good morning, Carol G. Good morning, Santa. It's Carol G., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Thank you, everybody. I'll be brief. Um... I also noticed too the, about, the bit about uh, we be uh, reborn and I noticed that it was in past tense and I think sometimes when Bill's writing from his experience he forgets that I'm actually following him line by line and he jumps into reflection um, whereas I'm focused on the directions for the next right action to take. Um, I have to be quite mindful of that, how he can, it kind of looks back at things. So the first 100 are saying here that they were reborn today and I absolutely believe them. I believe them with all my heart because I'm experiencing that for myself. And what I know as a mother is that labor and the birth process is a birth process, not a single event. And many things have to happen before a baby is born. And labor itself has three stages, getting ready for the work, stage two, doing the work. What's the third one? Uh, the transitional stage where you have this desire to push out into the world with great force and you know, I've heard it this morning talked about that this is a process and it doesn't end at step three and as we call it, it actually begins here and we're having this getting ready moment and then we're moving into doing some work and then we're going to live in 10, 11 and 12 so we're going to push out into the world with such great force but 
I have to be mindful that I don't get my job description from the Spirit of the Universe until page 102, which also falls into working with others, which is step 12. So for now, what I need to do is focus on where I am presently, which is step three. And one of the lovely things that we like to say to each other when someone has a child over here is uh, when they have a child, we say, welcome to the child, welcome to the world. Um, and I think that's what happens to us too. Pass and have a wonderful day, everybody. And thank you, Carol G. And thank you to everyone who has shared. Please join us for the second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We are now closer to reading from the big book, page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Carrie P. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning, Santa, and thank you for your service. This is Carrie P., a recovered compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Thank you.